Hey, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up? Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Sorry to rush. Uh, uh, start of the start time of the podcast. Uh, something very important to do tomorrow, and I want to go to bed early so that I can uh, just you know stop time and just transform into tomorrow and uh, you know be there at UPS to pick up my shit at 10 a.m. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think people probably know by now that uh, you have a pretty crazy, crazy thing going on, crazy, uh, crazy life right now with your, your. Uh, I don't even know exactly what it is. You're doing interviews for what residency or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's this has nothing to do with that. But uh, yeah, no, I've been traveling a lot for those. Um, if you know anyone who's in the uh, medical field, they kind of know what it's like. You, you know, it's like you do it in your fourth year of med school and you sort of. Uh, interview at a bunch of places that you applied to, whoever invited you, and then you make a random list. That's kind of where you, uh, the terms where you end up for the next, you know, upcoming years of your training. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I was supposed to be in New York City. I went to school, but then, you know, plans changed, and uh, I'm back home. Yeah, so we were, we were supposed to um, hit up the Longa Boutique, and... Uh, we were going to hit up the Diamond District, which you have never been to, which is a very magical place. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I would just get scammed. <clears throat> yeah, I've I've actually I've I've been there like I don't know maybe ten times, fifteen times now, and uh, it's I've never actually purchased I, I I purchased some jewelry, but I've never purchased a watch there just because I'm I'm like I don't know I'm still very uh, skeptical of like. You know, I I'd have to like open up the watch and look inside and yeah. stuff because you never know. I mean, that's a face-to-face transaction, and you walk away and like you're never you never get your money back if there's some weird stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like I've heard I've heard stories of how uh, things can be done over there, where like a customer will come in and see a Rolex, um, let's say with you know blue dial with a smooth bezel, and uh, they'll see like a silver dial with food bezel and they're gonna say you know i want that dial but i want this bezel and uh, yep people will just kind of open the watch and you know swap out the entire movement and the dial into the other watch and you know they're doing this on like a dirty cat hair uh, infested bench uh, yeah yeah so yeah no i i wouldn't trust anyone um <laughs> no they um there's like if you go there and you look at the different like booths and stuff like that they just have like little there's like dedicated holders that i don't know where they buy them from but they'll just have like a sheet almost like those plastic things where you put like in a binder with playing cards they'll have a sheet with like like maybe 50 dials for like a date just and like you can just get any dial you want or whatever i, I don't know what they're doing Pokemon cards yeah actually I actually uh, did a transaction with someone that I didn't like just go there spontaneously and buy a watch in the diamond district but um, I did a transaction that was arranged online and uh, I I have he happened to be someone that worked in the diamond district and so just to give you some indication of like the sketchiness of these people which I'm, I'm pretty sure this is like a known thing but they they offered to size the bracelet for me so I was like okay you know I I was like you know, I was walking back. Um, I had like a 40 minute commute with like subway and whatever. So I was like, okay, I'll just wear the watch. It's probably safer just to get it sized. So yeah. like they size it and, uh, you know, they, of course they, they try and like keep the links for themselves because, of um, course, yeah, you know, they, 
I don't know. That's that's they're, they're, I mean, they're in that business. They they uh, can use the links for some other watch, I guess. But that that's like the level of like slickness of these people. You know that they're like they're dealing every day, day in day out. So they they know the little, you know, yeah, <laughs> like like links. Who 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 cares? But yeah, you know. I've I've heard the same story actually. Um, it was actually Federico from Federico Talks Watches who would talk about a lot of these things. The guy has a lot of experience in that industry. Uh, and he says that they, they do it so that um, the next guy who comes, you know, the, he likes to watch, he tries it on, but they've, you know, removed all the links from that watch as well. So what happens is, you know, he's like, oh, do you have extra links? And then they sell to those links uh, from him at a premium so they make more money on that sale. That's also a good idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a good idea if you're a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. No, but these are the sorts of things that, uh, that's how they work, man. I mean, it's it's like a... Some people will do anything to make extra twenty dollars. I'm pretty sure those guys are making like very small amounts of money on most of the the watches that they stock for inventory. Like you know, they'll they'll make like two hundred bucks a pop on like like Rolexes and stuff, just because they're they're pretty liquid and they, you know they'll just buy them to fill up like their display case or something. That could be yeah. wrong. That's that's, another, that's you, my guess. Um, have you tried like selling anything there ever? No. Uh, so I actually know someone that does like he'll go into the diamond district and he has a lot of relationships with these people that he's like a, a vintage expert. I'm not like great friends with him, but I met him a, f- a few times. He's like a vintage expert. And um, so he knows about stuff that a lot of these people don't know. Like a lot of these people, you know, they, they know like Batman, that's like their, their shit right in the diamond district. So you see like cases with like 50 Batmans or yeah, yeah. Batman. Um, you know, it's like the most common watch on the Diamond District, at least when I was there last time in like the summer. So, so funny. You know, they, they're not experts really, I think, on this like vintage stuff. So he goes there and I guess they like get a vintage watch. So they'll like expect that he's going to come buy it because he goes like weekly or whatever. And I see. He'll, he'll get a watch from this guy, work out a trade, maybe like two or three watch deal or whatever, like a random trade. He'll go sell it to another guy, get a watch from him, sell it to another guy. And, you know, all he's just walking around the street, crossing the street, going back, going back and forth. And he'll leave there with like, you know, a few thousand bucks in profit. It's pretty crazy. I mean, you have to really know what you're yeah. doing, but I guess also get kind of lucky. I mean, I guess if you so statistically he, calculate like what the watch can be worth to the next guy. then Yeah. yeah. He's told me he's purchased bezels before for like 500 bucks and sold them for like, you know 15 grand or something like just ridiculous ridiculous stuff that you have to be a real expert but like i don't know if you reach that status and you get the relationships because a lot of a lot of this stuff that happens there is built on like relationships and like Mm -hmm. like you know they deal with people that they trust and that they know and like you can't just walk in there and like start start dealing you know what i mean you you probably have to lose a lot of money to them or something give them a lot of shitty deals before they'll like start doing business with you or something i don't know that that's my assumption of how it works i'm i mean i i don't know well i I mean i guess if you become really good at something then you know like you're very familiar with what the market is and if someone else isn't you sort of use that as you know um i i think of every market as kind of like a bell curve right there's a lot of stuff that's priced kind of right kind of where it should be uh there's a lot of stuff that's you know, maybe a little less that's overpriced and then every once in a while you will have that, you know, one gem or two that are, you know, grossly underpriced that that's the stuff you go for. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting that he's able to do that. 
Yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know where they actually get their watches from because, like, I, I'm not sure if they take I, – I would assume that if you just walk in there with a watch that – I don't know if they'll just buy it from you if you just have, like, a watch only or if they, like, you know, because I don't, I don't think that, you know, they don't want to buy, like, stolen watches, I would, I would imagine, because if, like, you know, serial numbers and stuff start getting traced, like, I'm pretty sure that stuff gets seized and they don't get any money for it. That, like legally that that yeah. will get seized and they, they lose so i'm pretty sure like they don't want to buy stolen watches so i don't think they'll just take anyone coming off the street selling something so i don't know where they get they get their stuff from like i would think you know if i think about it quickly i would say like oh yeah people are probably losing i mean not recently but like you know you think some guy has a bad day in the like market or something stock market he goes and sells some watches to them takes a beating but you know he needs some cash or something i don't know um, yeah but i, I, I don't think probably... they do that I don't think they do that. I don't know. I mean, I think they probably do have, you know, established relationships with, with customers that uh, they sort of have uh, you know, repeated business with. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you came with a full box paper set and, you know, you look like a regular person, you act like a regular person, um, they'll probably buy your watch. And, you know, they take all of your information too. Uh, I'm sure they, you know, scan your credit, um, uh, your driver's license, um, attach you know that to the watch purchase so that if anything goes uh, south uh, they have that name and you know they can kind of protect themselves at least right yeah i guess i guess um i mean I I guess watch... I, maybe we'll have to do like a a thing we'll videotape it we'll go to the diamond district and we'll sell them we'll sell them we'll, we'll maybe we'll we'll get a watch and replace uh We'll re replace the movement with uh, ETA and get like some in-house watch. Replace it with ETA and see it. See if we can sell it to them. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. I mean, I can I can probably sell them like a Seiko or something. They can't really have anything else. No, they're not going to buy a Seiko. Yeah, um, yeah, man. Um, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, I read some of the article that you sent me, and it was kind of just about you know the sleazy practices that they they have over there. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read it. I just sent it to you because... I mean, it sounds I like you're you walking down the street and they're sort of just like, you know, trying to make a deal right there on the street. People kind of make deals like on the stairs of like the entrances and it's oh, yeah. a bit crazy. Yeah, they stand outside and they'll like try and get you to uh, to come into their store. If you like stop and look in the window, they'll they'll like, you know, they'll try and get you to come inside for something. And it's like a they, I think they operate under like high pressure situations. So like yeah. they try and get you to like do something like, like, uncomfortably to the point where like it's on their terms you know mm. i right. mean i feel like i would really hate that sort of environment oh yeah but you know what you're talking about and you're not going to be like you're not an impulse shopper so i mean if you're someone that like i've been there many times and i just look at stuff and i don't even i don't even buy um you know i'm i'm just looking to see if there's anything interesting but i mean there are there's a lot of great stuff there i mean random watches that you know you you don't even think of they'll they'll just have you know maybe someone brought it in or something but obviously they also have a lot of high-end stuff that you know like the hype like you know they have a box of like rose gold ap's like 25 of them you know just just chilling there do you think do you think i would find anything there that i would like i did see uh that uh memo box that i used to have the 37 millimeter uh, mm -hmm. black dial um i saw a rose gold one once i didn't ask how much it was it was probably a lot um uh, but yeah i mean obviously it's like they're highly negotiable but um th they have like random stuff so you you might find something like you know there's a lot of vintage rolex obviously um a lot of rolex anything 
But yeah, we should go. We should go. Um, I'll let you know when I have more free time and uh, we'll, we'll pay them a visit. All right. Yeah. So, so moving on from that, yeah. I just wanted to give a, uh, a general note to anyone that's potentially listening. Um, yeah. So obviously we're, we've been experimenting a bit with the, uh, with the format and what we're going to talk about, how the uh, dynamics are going to work between us. So, uh, you know, I think we're going to publish like, what do you think? We're probably going to publish the first, uh, first few episodes, I guess. Yeah. Um, We have, we have nothing to lose. So Um, (laughs) everything to gain, everything to gain because we have nothing. (laughs) I, I think, I think the very first episode was like, fairly rough so um go, moving on from there i think it's been pretty decent i mean it, it's hard to say because i'm not really listening to ourselves um, and you know who knows what people really want to hear but um, let's just roll with it i mean it's fun yeah i'm not sure how to critique either because i, I don't listen when you say stuff <laughs> um dude so you yeah, totally so, missed all right let me let me just finish this thought so if so yeah. if anyone if anyone has any um you know, if anyone has any uh, criticism or critiques or suggestions or anything, I mean, this, this is like an evolving thing. And if anyone wants to see something that we're not doing, then we're, we're pretty open to talking about a lot of stuff. I think we have the, uh, you know, we have the, the experience and the access to different, different watches. So um, if anyone out there wants to see something, just let us know. And um, probably the best way to, to reach out is through Merrick. And uh, you probably don't know me. You probably may know him. Yeah, anyway uh so yeah i mean that's this is, this is gonna be a constantly changing thing for uh however long we decide to do it so it, it's pretty pretty fun for us so i don't think it's you know it's it's not like yeah. um, we're trying to reach a specific goal here it's just pretty interesting to share with with other people what's what's going on because i think a lot of people I don't, I, I don't know anyone personally that's like super into watches. So it's tough to get a chance that to like, uh, you know, like someone at like work or someone, you know, that's a close friend to just like talk about watches. So, yeah. Cause we're not really friends. Yeah. Well, we live like four hours apart. So yeah. Um, and you know, for anyone who, um, would like to check on my Instagram, that's probably the easiest way to reach me. Um, it's Mary Kiyobasa. That is M A R E K. I E L B A S A. Um, and if you see anything on my page that you sort of would like to hear my opinion about, you know, I've, I owned all those watches, all those photos are mine. I still most, uh, I still uh, own some of them, not all of them, but you know, I, I've owned them all. So if you want to hear an opinion or like a mini review on here, I'd be more than happy to talk about that. Um, yep. And yeah. If there's, man, if there's um, any watches on, that uh well actually i don't have instagram anymore but if there's any watches that i own that marek used to own just know that i acquired them at less than he paid for them that's what you think (laughs) (laughs) uh so what i was getting at very early in this episode was uh guess what i have coming in tomorrow three ups i actually don't know like you didn't tell me yet or do I know? I, I think I did. I think you Is probably just guess? don't care. You just um, don't care and you forgot probably. Uh, is it it's a dress a dress watch? Yeah, it is a dress watch. Okay, I don't care what it is. <laughs> what is it? It's another uh, Roger Dewey. It's a sector oh, dial, yeah. which which uh, it's a sector dial. We 
for both of us. Yes. I'm, I don't know. I've, I was going to, I'm, I'm keeping that under the radar. I, that's, that's for another day. No problem. So, um, yeah, when you get that, uh, when you get that Roger Dubuis and we're going to, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit because, um, I think you have a lot of knowledge about that company that most people probably don't, including myself. Um, um I, I wouldn't say a lot, but you know, I know like a little bit about how sort of the decline of the company happened to their current, um, lack of any sense of their design but well, i, I yeah, didn't, sure. didn't know that there was a decline to the company so i i'd oh, say just that you probably know more <laughs> i mean yeah just from the sense of that their current designs are complete garbage the watches are extremely high-end as in like the movements and everything the finishing is very good and the materials are you know kind of exotic but they just look like monstrosities okay i'm gonna cut you off because that that's gonna be another day cool <laughs> All right. So, so what are we talking about today? Yeah. So I'm trying, so we're, as I was saying before, we're trying to experiment with, uh, you know, different formats. So I think the last couple of episodes maybe went a little, a little bit long and we're also doing this at like, like, you know, bedtime. So, you know, I think we, our energy levels tapered off very, very fast at the end. So yeah, we're going to give ourselves a strict time limit here and, and see what that, what that does. So yeah. um, we're, we'll try to stick around like the, the uh 40 minute mark ish all right so i got I, I sent i sent you something like two minutes before we started recording here and um I'm, I'm not sure if you had time to think about it but maybe it's better if you didn't think about it but um i i, I started thinking about it but i'm so tired that i i didn't really come up with much but i'll be willing to talk about it after you do all right well i thought about it for like at least three minutes so all right one, I asked you to pick one watch that you think, and, and I'm, I'm talking about watches that are probably like well-known about like, you know, maybe in demand at the current moment or like, you know, hyped, hyped watches. Sure. Pick one watch that you think is going up in value or will can, you know, will go up in value and one watch that is going down in value sure. in, in the coming future. Sounds good. All right. So, um, do you want me to start? Do I want to start? Okay, I guess I'll I'll start with um, I think this is an easy one. So I'll, I'll start with going down in value, and I think it's pretty much anything Tudor that is anywhere near retail price. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I I know a couple people that like actually got on a waiting list to get like a Black Bay or like a like a GMT or something. A GMT. So it's inherently just a poor design like it's huge I, I i it's like a bad starting point basically so like obviously every watch they make now is like some variant of a black bay and it wasn't a good i mean from like a design perspective like if you think of it as a pro like you know the entire product as a whole i think it's like a good product for the price point but if you start just think thinking about design like as a watch then I don't think it's a good platform. So, I mean, I, I think it just has a cheapness to it, like the way it looks, because there's like no very little sophistication in the design. It's just like a chunk of metal. And yeah. I don't think it's, I don't necessarily think that it's going to age well because it, it has like, 
I don't, it's, it's like clunky in the way, in the way that it's shaped and like certain parts of the watch, I, I think should just be different, you know, be designed differently and executed differently. So I don't know, like the quality for, for the money, it's a great watch. You know, you can get some of these like regular dive black base for like what, like mid 2000, something like that. And yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic watch for that amount of money. But if you're, you know, if you're spending like close I don't know what are they like over four grand for the GMT you're spending close to four grand on a, on a black Bay 58. I, I think that's, that's like, you're getting in the territory of like real watches that, and when I say real watches, I mean watches that are not just trying to be a cheaper version of another watch. Yeah. And by that, you probably mean that they're trying to be some sort of Rolex that they correspond with. Yeah. It's, it's a budget, obviously. I mean, they're, they're trying to be yeah. like the, the budget, like maybe cool, like young Rolex, which I mean, Rolex is obviously uh, appeals to young people too, but I mean, you know, they're using color or things like that. So, um, I mean, I've tried on the, you know, and I've owned multiple black bays. I was never really impressed the watch. Um, you know, if you're used to regular sized watches, it wears absolutely huge. Uh, yeah. The kind of case slab is, uh, you know, the side of the case is very tall. It's not really curved or anything. If you have massive wrists, I guess that kind of works for you. Um, I've also tried the Black Bay 58. Um, and I had a chance to buy it at retail, actually. Um, the salesperson who was showing it to me started, like, setting the time on it and winding it. You know how, like, Rolex trained people are supposed to do. And he's like cranking at that crown, just using kind of like one side of his finger. So he's putting a lot of kind of upwards pressure on the crown. And he's cranking it. And I'm like, well, I am not buying this watch anymore. Uh, you know, after I told him not to do that, um, he does it. I don't understand why that is a thing. Anyway, that watch All was right. a little bit better. Hold on I thought, a second. You know, I, I, yeah. I'm going to write something down so I can relieve you of your... Uh of your stress I, i'm adding this as a topic for the future we're going to talk about watch salespeople. okay so yeah. you can you can sleep tonight we're going to talk about it in the future sure no anyway so yeah i tried that uh blackberry 58 and you know they, that's a smaller case size i believe it's a 39 um it's not it's not too bad um you know but the same thing the design just kind of is a little awkward and the whole like fake vintage bracelet shit I hate that. The, the, know, the rivet, rivet bracelet? The fake rivet bracelet is, is like the worst thing in watches these days. I'm actually I'm actually a fan of the rivet bracelet. I, I'm not sure how why couldn't they why why did why couldn't they just make it like a real rivet bracelet? Still constructed in a way. Well, I don't think of, that they're very sizable, no. I mean, I I don't think that's my concern. My concern is that it's like fake. Um, you know, the pins aren't there. It's just kind of a design thing and I think if they did it in a proper way where they actually used some sort of like rivets but still made the bracelet really solid feeling and modern, that would have been cool because then you're like using the same kind of construction technique. But this is kind of like, it's like seeing those, um, what are they called? Those like crossover SUVs. Those like, they're like tiny. They're smaller than my hatchback, but they're like lifted to the sky for no reason whatsoever. That's kind of what I think of. I mean, stupid. I... I think like the rivet construction is definitely like appropriate for the time period where, you know, like that was maybe the the best they could do or the best solution they could come up with at the time that that was being done. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure. Do you know how the, the rivet bracelets, like they, they use screws, obviously I'm, I'm assuming, right? Um, for sizing. So 
the modern tutor ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's essentially just like a regular tutor bracelet, but they added these kind of like side plates or whatever. It looks kind of like these, uh, so it looks like a ribbon bracelet, but it really isn't. So how do you take the, how do you expose the screw heads? Because you don't see the screw heads when you're looking at the side of the watch. You do. You just don't see them higher up when, where it's not adjustable. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure so. Let me just Google that. Actually, you do it because my keyboard is going to kill your ears. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to Google that. Uh... Yeah, I've never had one of the rivet bracelet models. I've had one of the uh, the previous ones. Yeah, so I mean, what what I would think is that like you know if they if they made a rivet bracelet, I mean that that you can't size that without like permanently removing links or you know having someone mm. that like knows what they're doing. So like, I mean, if you like the style of a rivet bracelet, obviously, like you know it's it's not a good design, right? So like, I don't think they're going to do a full rivet bracelet. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's just... like, like functionally as a watch, it's not, it doesn't make that much sense. So some people like, I personally think that the style looks cool and you may think that it's an improvement that they were able to add sizing and also the looks of a rivet bracelet. So I, I personally, I, yeah, I think but it's, kind it's of like cool. a, even though I'm not, you know, maybe not like the biggest black Bay fan as you just have figured out, but, um, you know, the people listening may have just, <laughs> we, we just had some tough criticism a little bit, but um, I, I think the rivet bracelet, I don't, I don't hate it like you do. And I can't find any, anything about the sizing of this damn watch. It's, I mean, it's sized with screws for sure. I've seen it. Um, how, how do you expose the screws? I wonder if the screws oh, were, are the screws kind of shaped like the rivet ends? Like, uh, so they're kind of like rounded domes. find anything mm. anyway yeah let's try know. to stick I, to that 40 minute yeah oh, man, yeah, do you want me to do this yeah all right i'll let you do it oh. all right so while you're while you're doing that we're yeah, man. so I'm looking at it. So instead of one of like the river uh, rivet ends, uh, the adjustable links have just like a screw head in that spot and it's fully recessed. So it just looks stupid next to the like fake rivet. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life, man. And I've seen okay, so, stuff. So you'll have an alternating on the, the ones that are adjustable because I guess I'm looking at links that are not adjustable or removable. Maybe yes. that's why. So I guess you'll have you'll have one screw head and then one rivet, one screw head, one rivet. Yeah, and on the other side you have like you know that way. screw ending, uh, kind of like where the thread is. So it's just like kind of flush. On the other side. Okay, so so they made the screws protrude a little bit. I'm assuming so that they look like a rivet. No, they actually didn't. They're fully flush. It, I mean, it, maybe they come out uh, if they're protruding a little. Yeah, bit. if you unscrew it a little bit, it will come out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I have learned when I drop my sub onto the concrete floor. That's just how what you do with the sub. <laughs> okay, so all right, we figured that out. So that yeah, anyway. that is so I, yeah. I mean, if you, I I I don't know about this Tudor stuff and like the you know the Tudor Ranger. That's like that's a fail watch, right? I, I own that watch. It's like a three hundred dollar watch. Yeah, it's like a Hamilton. It's worse than a Hamilton, I think. The 
Black Bay 41, which became the Black Bay 36, which is like the Black Bay Explorer, which is like a dive watch, but also a field watch. You know this one? Yeah, I I, I kind of toyed with the idea of getting the Black Bay 36 for no. a while because it's kind of like a date just kind of explorer-ish alternative, but I was just like, no, I can't. I, I think can't I'd get rather myself take... to pay the price for it. It's like <laughs> pre-owned, they're like two grand. It, it, it's not a two grand watch. I'd rather take the bracelet from a date just alone with no, without the watch. It's probably worth more. <laughs> than have the whole Tudor, uh, yeah, personally. And I mean, I've tried that watch on. It's not, it's not too bad, um, the 36. I, I like the blue dial on it too, but I don't know. I feel like when you get a Tudor, there's always a, like, a way up. It's not like a final watch, if that makes sense. Like, people so, don't get a Tudor and they're like, oh, yeah, this is it. I'm, I'm done with, like, watch collecting. I've, I've reached my, like, maximum potential here. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, like a price, it's a price point watch. So unfortunately, I feel like it could be, you know, quite a bit better. Um, but yeah, but you know what? They're, they're making, they're making, I'm sure tons of money and they're introducing a lot of people into watches that way. So, you know, yeah. either way, you know, it's, I think it's a good product, but I don't think it's like the best, you know, I, I don't think it's executed very well. And, you know, I think that for, it needs to be like contained within that, that price point where it really makes sense, which is like yeah. around low to mid 2000s. Uh, the last, the last thing I'm going to say about the, the Tudor lineup is that the, uh, the, the rehout, I don't know if that's how you say it. I've never heard anyone say that, but the re- I've seen it a million times. Yeah. is very tall on the Tudors and oh, it is a very, just- so when you see someone wearing a black bay from like, maybe like, you know, across a room or, you know, something like that, you know, it's a black bay. And one of the reasons it looks like a high quality watch, except for the fact that the 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 rehout stands out. I, I don't know why it's just so big, and there's something about it that I think if they could reduce it to maybe half the size and like bring that dial a little bit closer to the the crystal, I think it would appear like maybe thirty percent more premium. Try the Blackbird Fifty Eight. It's um, kind of fixes that problem. Yeah, I've 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 seen it. I've handled one and yeah. a couple of them, and it's it's still it it is better. It it's a better watch for sure, but it's still not like that. Should have been the Black Bay period. Oh yeah, no, I think so too. The size of Whatever. the original is absolutely atrocious. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, let's move on because we think we yeah, just we're, talked we're about stupid Tudor for like twenty minutes, man. It's okay. It needs. To Who be cares said. about Tudor? No one buys that shit. It needs to be said. Um, <laughs> So I don't have, I wasn't, as far as a watch that's going up in value, that was a little tough for me. Um, even though I came up with the category, I, I didn't, uh, I <laughs> even feel though like, I came up with the question. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll take over and then you can maybe think about it. Um, okay, I, and I'll explain kind of how I thought about this question. Um, and I'm not sure if I quite have the, the watches, but this is how I think about it. When something yeah. is kind of going down in value, it's usually when it was a uh, the original price that they were going for was sort of a result of some sort of hype. And this, you know, this can be anything from really good advertising to, um, you know, like fake scam advertising where an editorial pretends to review something when they're actually advertising it, which is kind of like how half watch reviews work these days. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, and, and you know, people wanted the demand kind of goes up, and that's where you see prices kind of starting to climb, or they kind of start off high after the watch release. Um, and you know, 
And people after a while realize that, you know, maybe the watch isn't as special or as desirable or as rare as it was originally made to seem. Uh, and that's when the value drops. Same thing happens in reverse when a watch sort of appreciates. I think people sort of overlook a watch and then after a while realize that it is quite special. And this could be for a wrong reason too. It could be like, oh, John Mayer wore it. It's an amazing watch all of a sudden. Or um, it could be actually like, oh, people actually start appreciating the finishing because the price range that the watch is in, there's nothing else that kind of can match that level of refinement. Mm -hmm. And I think it's much better if you kind of follow the second group as opposed to like, oh, some celebrity wore it. It's, it's an amazing watch all of a sudden. That's stupid. It's still the same watch. Are you saying this being hopeful that that's how things worked or? Yeah, I mean, I, I because think I it, know that it doesn't, it definitely doesn't always work like that. I mean, you can pick up no, amazing it, masterpieces for half the price of a, you know, a GMT master, which is a great watch, but you know, the, uh, the watch, you can get watches for way less that are much more, you know, high quality and complicated, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, this has to also do with, um, I don't, I don't think it's how it works. I think it works like that, that way for some people, for certain watches. Um, and I mean, from my own experience, just kind of, you know, you know, I like Roger Dewey, the kind of original ones. And I, um, I've been kind of following their prices for uh, a bit of time. And I, I've spoken to some collectors who kind of said, oh, you know, like when I was looking at the homage series from Roger Dewey, which are kind of very classically designed watches, uh, and then the chronograph, you know, it, it has this, I believe it's a Lemania base uh, chrono that is, you know, very highly finished to Geneva standard. Um, Patek Philippe uses that same movement or used to use that same movement in a lot of their watches. And then, you know, people who couldn't afford that Patek started looking at other alternatives that would have that same movement finished to a similar degree. So they started moving towards these Roger Dubois. And I mean, I remember seeing the chronographs for like nine grand, 13,000 maybe. Um, and I just spoke with a very reputable dealer um, today and um, they're listing one, although it's a, it's a mono pusher, so it's kind of uh, really rare. They're listing one for, I believe, 28,000, which hmm. in today's market, that's actually not the worst price for one. So, you know, things kind of change. I think people realize that these watches are actually quite special, that the new Roger Dubuis, what they're doing in the modern day is kind of garbage. Um, and, you know, it's never going to be the same. Um, you know, Raj did we work for a long time for Patek Philippe, so I think there's some level of respect there for the man. Uh, may he rest in peace. Um, and, you know, and, and that's kind of what happens to me. Like, you know, when I seek a watch, I, I go for what's the most I can get for my money. And Raj did we instantly stood out to me, uh, the early ones. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I think those these watches, I'm not sure if they're going to continue climbing, but that's definitely one that has risen up in the recent years. Um, I think, um, yeah, but that's already happened, you know. Um, I think, I, I'm not sure, I don't have any chronographs, I just have like uh, a time-only one and then I have another one, time-only one coming in tomorrow. <laughs> and not just saying this so that, you know, my watch is increasing value because yeah. I didn't buy these to resell them, these are sort of just for myself. Um, yeah, and I mean, same thing with uh, the Chopards that I bought. I, I think those watches still have quite a bit of potential to go up. Um, the finishing, you know, it's a Geneva seal movement. has a dial made by uh, Metallon, the same brand that made uh, dials for Philippe Dufour. And I think they make longer movements currently. 
uh, longer dials, I'm sorry. Uh, they've just done, you know, a lot of dial work for high-end companies. And it's a solid gold dial that's, you know, true guilloche, not like F.P. Jorn that just stamps through guilloche onto their $30,000 watches. Um, and, you know, they'll come in precious metals. It's like there isn't really a much more you can ask of a simple dress watch, is there? And the design is quite pretty. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people agree with yeah, so you you've uh, when you were talking about that, it sort of made me think about um, because obviously I think I do things a little bit differently. Well, you you know this, but I I look at watches or like value in a watch a little bit differently. But I think this is definitely something that we are gonna have to do like several episodes on in the future. Um, like what defines the value of a watch and like obviously for any particular watch like when I'm looking at a watch and I'm thinking like of the the price that I'm comfortable spending on it I think like you know what's the the bottom that this watch can like what's the lowest this watch can be priced at like you know assuming like there's no demand for it like what what is the price where it just has to sell and there's there's like a reason why that's defined and then what is like you know, what is the most this watch can be like, you, maybe there's a little like uptake on the, the interest and like, you know, for some reason it starts to go up. What is, what is the ceiling? And a lot of that is defined based on, in my opinion, what else exists on the market. So like, if you can get a much better watch, like for example, let's say there's like two models of a watch and one of them, there's like, you know, one that is um, trying to think of an example of this, but like, you know, if, if someone can just like add a couple hundred bucks and maybe get like the, a better model or like something more complicated, that sort of sets the, the ceiling for the price of, of the less expensive one or the less complicated one because it can never overtake the value of the, the better one, right? Um, or if In there's another theory, brand, yeah. Yeah, if there's another brand that makes a watch that's very, you know, very similar or, you know, maybe like just a bit better or something. So, so the, the context of like what the value of a watch is comprised of is very, um, you know, I think it's very complicated and like there, there are some things that I think you and I probably think about like just casually that mm -hmm. maybe other people don't think about, or I'm, I'm not really sure. Definitely new people don't think about this, but um, you know, there, there's mm -hmm. definitely like a, a price range where each watch should exist in and that's defined by like other watches in the category that are competitors and and things like that because if you can't get another so if you have like a watch like you know like you're saying like maybe you have like a watch that's platinum and a silver dial and geneva or platinum and a salmon dial geneva seal movement etc and you can't get any watch that looks anything like that under like 30 grand let's say mm -hmm. and these watches are currently selling for, for like, I don't know, let's say you're, let, let's say like in a fantasy world, they're selling for like a few thousand dollars or whatever. Like mm -hmm. you would, you would think like, okay, I have, I mean, I, there's so much potential there because if someone wants a watch that is, you know, meets this criteria, then this watch can be anything less than 30 grand and there's no other options basically. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, you, you're, I think you're on the right track with the way you're thinking. Um, you, you know, you're, you're thinking comparing uh, one watch to another, right? But then I think that helps with sort of like gauging the value of a watch. But I think you also have to look at like an inherent value in a watch. And, you know, that, com that comes from the craftsmanship and the materials used. And, you know, some of it from the history of the watch as well, I guess, the branding 
which I don't pay as much attention to. Um, Cause I can be fully detached from the watch. Like if you just hand the watch to someone who has no idea about watches and they think they know it's a lot, nice watch that it's expensive. I think that's when, you know, you have some sort of inherent value in a watch, you know, they may not be able to recognize everything that is in there uh, mm-hmm. that adds the value. But you know, if, if the watch has a lot of handmade elements that, you know, you know, people have spent a lot of time on it um, and that it uses, you know, precious materials um, that, the design is cohesive. Um, I, you know, sometimes I think about like this watch cannot be less than this number because it's just too good, you know? And, uh, you know, I think you kind of learn that after a while. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think a little bit differently than you because we, we sort of exist in like a different segment of like, mm-hmm. you know, of like enthusiasts where I'm, I sort of exist in like people that are like very new are probably also interested in the same watch as I'm in. Whereas people that are very new are definitely not even aware that the watches that you're into exist. So I mean, you're, people that yeah. are looking at the watches that you're looking at, I mean, they know quality and that has nothing to do with like branding or advertisement or hype. Like your watches are probably the most isolated from hype. I collect in a bubble. That's what I like to think. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas where I sort of exist in, um, you know, it's, when I sort of think of like the value of a watch, I think of the person buying it and I think like, well, what are, what are they looking mm-hmm. for? What is, what is like the, you know, what does this watch offer and mm-hmm. what else offers this? What are they going to be comparing it to? And like that sort of defines my like wiggle room. Like if, if I have a watch that is not an Omega Speedmaster, but it's like maybe similar to an Omega Speedmaster and I'm like, okay, why would the guy buy my watch? when he could just buy the Speedmaster, you know, he, he's like a, like an entry level guy. And like, you know, the Speedmaster is like a, like the, the end all be all like best watch in the world when you're, when you're like new. Right. And you know, like yeah. if someone can just buy a Speedmaster versus like your watch, that's maybe doesn't have the, the, like, you know, the huge following or like the, the history or, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, that's, it's it's yeah. a, we could talk about this for for you know hours i think no i think what you're saying makes sense though it's um yeah i mean people cross shop a lot of different watches when they're looking for one right so like if they see i think like you know a, a lot of people are attracted to the branding of a watch which you know i am too i think we both are to a certain degree um probably less than some people uh, but you know for some people that is important i think they kind of uh you know aspire to own something for a chunk of their life and often that, you know, say it's Rolex, they don't really want anything else, even though they might mm-hmm. think like, oh, it's, it's better. But like, you know, I've wanted a Rolex all my life because it's a symbolic thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, and another point, you said that like, you know, a lot of people that are new to this um, are not into the watches that I like. And, and you know, it's kind of hard. There's not a lot of information about these watches out there. Um, it's not that they're, you know, extremely bizarre and rare there are you know this this rabbit hole goes far deeper than i've been um but it's 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 you know it's kind of hard to gauge it and and i think i've noticed this in even selling some of these watches that i have owned that people cannot gauge the value of a watch because some of the stuff i I sell is like you know it's sold three other times that's all you can find on it and the prices have been deleted so they Mm -hmm. cannot gauge what it's worth um and i'm I really want to sell this Creedor, man, because I've been sitting on it for a while, but it's like, it has, you know, this like 
handmade enamel dial and it's i can't pronounce it but it's that cloisonne dial where it's um has ribbon of gold and then it's filled in with different colors of enamel and it's a manual wind and great movement and a rose gold case yeah, it's hand the, hand engraved the movement hand done oh yeah the movement is hand engraved too mm-hmm. um with the motif that goes with the dial um and, and it's not everyone's cup of tea because the, the, it's super unique kind of original design with um it has, has like foliage on a dial it's, and the movement yeah, it's a seasonal it's, it's a seasonal design yeah and i mean it represents fall in japan which you know people watches in japan draw a lot of uh inspiration from nature which i think is very yeah that's that's i really enjoy that um but at this point i'm like i should just keep this watch like the msrp on this thing was like thirty four thousand dollars um it's like where else can you get this sort of thing for that kind of money yeah i mean yeah so i i think this is like for now because we have to yeah move, let's move on get some closure on this this topic that we started but the last thing i'm going to say is i've i've learned that watch collecting has very little to do with actual value in terms of like you know how how sophisticated something is how how like technically amazing it is how mm-hmm. expensive it is to produce and has everything to do with what someone wants to have on their wrist which has pretty much everything to do with like you know how it makes them feel what people say yeah. about it uh you know it's so yeah, you know that that's yeah. you you're very well isolated from that and where where you exist but um you I know mean, that that's that's my that is my thing which is like i i understand that a watch doesn't have to be like you know it doesn't have to be a uh in-house like you know first company to ever achieve this sort of like you know this sort of uh watch on a technical level Mm -hmm. uh, you know to to be valuable so and i mean yeah and and i totally understand that because you know when i was first kind of even if you talked to me five years ago i probably you know i had a totally different collection um i like different things and um (laughs) i was into brightling for a very long time I, i still think they make a good watch it's just you know um it, it just tastes change and you know there's nothing wrong with with um liking a specific watch because you know it makes you feel a certain way like that's how it should be right and mm-hmm. it's just you know for me to feel something at this point i've been so desensitized by all these watches that i've owned yeah. that like i need that like extreme level of finishing or something very unique about a watch to really make me feel that special kind of feeling again yeah so you're you're a you're a junkie. Yeah, man, I've done way too much drugs and now it's like I have to take a whole lot more. All right, so I'm going to uh, attempt. So you, you went with um, what you think is going up in value by saying something that has already gone up in value to summarize. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Copped out of that one. <laughs> okay, uh, so I, I, I went with Tudor on the uh, going down in value. So yeah, yeah so it, you know, we have to finish something because we get distracted very easily and, you know, it's so easy to talk about watches, right? So, yeah. um, so you're going to talk about something that goes up in value now? I'm going to attempt to. So I went, this one's, this one was a little tough for me. Like I, I had to think of like, what, what does like, what are the qualities of a watch that goes up in value in my opinion? Right. Mm-hmm. So like, if you think of something that's iconic, 
it has to like sort of maybe de- de- define like a category or like a type of watch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not not like necessarily true for every watch that has gone up in value ever. But you know, I'm just trying to think of like I'm tr- this. These are sort of the things I've come up with to try and help me f- pick a watch that I think is is going to actually you know maybe go up in value. Um, something that maybe wasn't collectible when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, limited or low production also going with the last point of maybe like it wasn't released when it was like hyped it was released because mm-hmm. like the company made a good product not because they thought people were going to buy it right mm-hmm. um, and then it has to have some sort of like cool factor some sort of heritage something like that makes it collectible right like maybe maybe it was worn by someone in a movie or like I don't know some BS that people can get behind right yeah people eat that stuff up yeah, so I mean, it's it's kind of hard. I don't I don't have like a definitive answer. I have like a my cop out answer, but I don't I don't like. What's what's I, your cop out answer? My cop out answer, like the first thing that comes to mind, and I don't even know if I necessarily believe that this watch is gonna like insanely go up in value. It's just like when I think about the criteria that I've defined, this comes to mind, and it's the five thousand two big pilot. So like that watch comes yeah. to mind. That watch defines like every single. Uh, it meets every single criteria I've I've defined, but. I don't know it's, if that it's still an IWC and like it has even the John Mayer thing going for it. And still I've seen people sell them for really cheap currently. Doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's not going to go up in the future, but I don't know. Like big pilots, think, they fit in yeah. that weird zone where they're like, they're always expensive, but like they're not very liquid. I feel like there's some potential there and, uh, uh, but also a limitation. So, like, the potential there is that this is the original, like, you know, big pilot that's, you know, it's the first version that was released, you know, as a kind of tribute to the original, uh, you know, pilot swatches they made mm-hmm. during the war. Um, and I still think that design is absolutely spot on. I know it's not your favorite, but I think the design of it is absolutely spot on as far as the dial goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know I know people like that watch. It's a, it's a very well-liked watch. And... Another thing that I think that watch is going for is that, you know, they did that Safari edition. It was like the same thing, yeah, but yeah. titanium. And that, that watch, they made like... Uh, edition, yeah. Yeah, they made like 10 or 20 of them. And they mm-hmm. sell for like, what, $20,000 yeah, if you the, can find one? The CEO, I think he personally knows everyone that owns one of those watches. Yeah, you like get you a personal find him on Instagram, yeah. slap in the face from the CEO <laughs> to buy that watch. <laughs> he will make you dinner at his place. Probably. He seems like a cool guy on Instagram. Yeah, no, he seems like a nice guy. Um, and anyway, one thing that I want to add to that is like, so I remember back in the day that I used to go on the IWC website and it was like in German and like they didn't sell their watches in America. I'm pretty sure I didn't know a thing about watches. I've never owned like a watch at this point, but someone sent me like the Top Gun IWC and I was like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. And the website was in German and like it was like some ridiculous, I don't even know how much money it was, but I think it was like $19,000. I don't know what watch I was looking at. It might've been like a, top gun big pilot or something like this is is years ago and i was like i don't know like anything about this but i want this watch and that that was a time and this is like i'm gonna sound like this john mayer open letter to iwc or whatever shit he's talking about but that is a time when they made watches that i honestly i don't even know if they like marketed these actually i've seen some advertisements that are like pretty like sexist advertisements they did in magazines i don't know if you've seen Mm -hmm. them before yeah, um, where they're like, you know, it's this is not watches not for women or something. But yeah, way, it was engineered for men. 
That's yeah, what yeah. It was. yeah. So other, other than that, I don't, I don't think they like push these watches hard. I think that they made these watches because like they thought it was cool. Like they made it because that's, they thought like, you know, this, that's, it yeah. was a company that they just wanted to make some cool shit. I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, mean, I, I'm, I was, you know, not at a collecting point at the, so I, I can't really say for sure, but um, I think that, you know, they didn't make watches to get on the front page of Hoden at that point, obviously, you know, that sort of mindset, they made watches that like, let's just make what we love. And I think that applies to a lot of companies before they were taken over a big conglomerate. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, no, I still, I, I actually quite like, um, older IWC designs and you, you know, I do. It's like those yeah, watches yeah. just sort of, um, seemed like they were better than they are right now um if you know, they I, had like the the in-house like stuff going for them back then that's like the maybe one piece that they missed that like yeah they would be like, like on the same level as like some other brands maybe or like a much higher higher level you know because at the end of the day i think they do some like heavy modification on a lot of their movements to be honest but like i think oh, a lot of the new stuff is actually like fully in-house apparently yeah, uh, but I, I feel like that wasn't even like a necessary thing for them back in the day. Because you you wanted like they weren't so outra- outrageously expensive that you could actually you know justify buying one with um, you know a Volju chronograph movement, and it was like fine because it's still a very well designed watch. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and you know now they're moving into the whole in-house thing because that's kind of what everyone demands, but. Um, the one, so the one thing I wanted to also talk about with the big pilot, just going back to that very quickly. All right, very fast, very fast, the, very fast. The the one limitation that I I didn't mention, it's the size. That watch cannot be worn by, I mean, unless you don't care absolutely, uh, unless you totally don't care, um, the size really excludes a whole lot of people from being able to comfortably wear that watch or you know, um, enjoy it. I think um, that's one of the things that I think can potentially add to it being collectible because mm-hmm. people will not buy it because it's too big yeah i mean it's it's I, I can see it working in that direction as well but like as much as i love the uh you know 5002 i after trying your um your 5004 on i just couldn't i yeah. could never do it. it it just looks ridiculous on me not that i have the smallest wrist but my wrists are kind of just like round and i, I think it just totally didn't work I mean, it looked huge on you, but it looked like ridiculous on me. Yeah, I have more of a flat wrist, and you have more of a, of a round wrist. Sausage wrist. Yep. Yeah, so you need to pick a watch or maybe a, you know, a brand or something that you think is going down in value. That is maybe, you know, I, I gave you the, uh, the hint of, you know, maybe pick something that is like in demand now or like very hyped. Yeah, now. I mean... My initial thought when you asked me this question was for this category was to say, yeah, it's all those freaking hyped up Rolexes, but that's hard to predict. I, I, I'm not quite sure if they're going to, you know, they're eventually I think will go down if the production kind of continues because, you know, that's just how things go. Um, but I think, you know, I was looking at these um, newer Omegas, kind of like the new Seamaster. That's probably already dropped. I think any new watch that kind of comes out that is a successor to another watch eventually you know it's like starts off kind of high and then just continues going down so are um, you uh referring to like many of these like limited editions that like no the I'm, I'm referring to the new like wave dial one and usually that drop kind of happens gradually 
which you know gives you the times like oh buy the watch and enjoy it for many years and then if you want to get rid of it it was like oh i enjoyed it for this long amount of time you know this loss is kind of reasonable man i've been seeing those watches kind of like i was offered one for 2800 full box set and everything um on the bracelet and an extra strap although you know i i get like ridiculous offer deals quite often um that seemed really low for me okay so uh, yeah what what you're saying is that i think what you're saying and correct me if i'm wrong is that Mm -hmm. if you have like an established product line and you you know like this is like years in the making like decades and -hmm. you come out with a new version of that watch Mm -hmm. i mean history is going to tell you best what the value of that watch is going to um do over time so like you know the previous ones they they sort of like start out at some price and depreciate until they get to like some some comfortable zone where like you can't really they can't really be any cheaper um because there's some other like watches that are cheaper that are way worse and that's you know so they come out with another seamaster no matter what they do with that seamaster it's going to follow the trend of the old seamaster is that what you're saying yeah kind of and i mean i'm probably being fairly obvious that you know when the new watch comes out it kind of will eventually drop but yeah i think you summarize that quite well um that people kind of look at the older model and you know kind of gauge the trajectory of how the watch where where the pricing should eventually go does that make sense yeah no i um i see it and well i brought up the limited editions because it kind of um you know we we can talk about this in the future because uh, oh i think all the watches yeah i think the limited editions should be in this category of like what you're describing but at the current moment maybe are not so like you have all the limited edition speedmasters and things like that where back in the day people used to offer me limited edition speedmasters and like there's a couple that are awesome the racing dial uh you know not limited edition but like just different Mm -hmm. speedmasters racing dial awesome the panda dial awesome but you have these like red white and blue stripes like someone tried to give me that watch like no no no, that not i don't love the tintin but uh, actually i don't even really like the tintin to be honest but there's a red white and blue one there's like that one that has like the apollo like the the dials like like metal like a sculpture it has like a face oh god i hate that there's watch. like many many speedmasters that are should be worth less than the normal speedmaster because they're horrible and they used to be worse worth less than the regular speedmaster until like the latest trend where people realize that you know or you know people got hopeful that their like 2500 watch maybe is worth like 9500 so um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, uh, but I, I think what you're saying should apply to those watches as well, but maybe doesn't at the current moment. So, uh, I'm gonna note down um, that we should talk about like limited edition watches in the future, like you know all of these, like you know maybe like the business model, something like that, where uh, you know does is is everyone getting played by by um, you know the companies that come out with a new yeah. limited edition of the same watch every like you know every year. Uh, yeah, and I also don't think a limit. Like, if you're making two thousand of a watch, uh, that's not a limited edition to me. That's just marketing garbage. Like, if you're making ten of them, twenty even, you know, up to like a hundred. Okay, you can call it a limited edition. Any more than that, you're you're getting into kind of like there's way too many of them. Uh, I, I guess it's like relative to like for Omega when, but I mean, still like when Omega makes, let's say a limited edition of a thousand. Yeah. Maybe that's still like that, that can count because they sell a lot of watches. There's a lot of demand. Uh, but when they make, what, what was that one they made with the, like someone's ass on the dial? <laughs> I know. I mean, it was a, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, that was like 
6,000. I, I don't even know what watch you're talking about, to be honest, but I, oh, it was I'm the, assuming like, that they did actually make that. It was the Apollo, like, um, anniversary watch. Oh, so you're talking about the one I'm talking about, watch. I think. The one with, it's like, looks like a, it's like metal and it's been like engraved or something, like a statue, like an old time statue or something. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's the astronaut, like, leaving the, um, the, 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 um, the vessel onto the moon. It's, and it's like oh. an ass shot. No, yeah, so my, the one I'm talking about is different. It's literally, um, I, maybe yeah, it's no, this Apollo, is... like the Greek, the Greek god or something. I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's some, it's like a guy's face. So if you look at Apollo 40th anniversary. Oh, look up the 50th. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, the 50th that I'm talking about. Jesus. And it's legit. Um, oh, okay. So that is a much nicer looking watch compared to the one I'm talking to. I'm not yeah, saying I it love is. it, I know, but I it is like yeah. way nicer than the watch I'm describing. <laughs> but still, it, it's, it's an ass on a dial. Yo, oh, yeah, the 40th. Yeah, it's just like it looks like a coin. <laughs> yeah and it's, it's like an eagle it's like an eagle landing on the moon i think dude you see a crater and an eagle dude you need to get your eyes checked wait the 40th yeah no no dude you're not looking at the right watch apollo oh sorry i'm getting excited now apollo 17 <laughs> i see one right now i don't know if this website is from ebay apollo 17 40th anniversary oh. the whole oh. dial the whole dial. Oh my god! Yeah. Did you find it? Yeah, no, that's spectacular. And you can't even read it. There's no. <laughs> oh, I guess there are markers for some of the sub dials, not the running seconds, I guess. But dude, this watch should be. <laughs> dude, wait! It doesn't even have. It doesn't even have indices. It doesn't even have indices for the or indexes for the sub dials, right? Oh, it has a couple. Uh, it, it does, but like you <sighs> can't read that. Yeah, it doesn't. Have this watch should be seconds, honestly yeah. like if someone offered me this watch. It would have to be maybe seven hundred fifty dollars. I swear, I swear to you, if it was more than that, I wouldn't. I don't care what the market value is. I swear to you, I would not buy it if it was more than that much money. I mean, I guess you could dial swap it. What? How much would you pay for this watch realistically? Oh man! Someone would have to pay me like month or like daily, like for me to put it on my wrist. I don't. I don't love it. I. I really hope they only made like a few of these, but I've seen these circulate. So let's see how many do they make. Oh, oh, dude! Would have to pay me to wear this watch. Dude, they need one thousand nine hundred. That's low, I think, for Omega to be honest. One thousand nine hundred. Two grand. Yeah. Well, the one with normal, I guess. The one with the ass, they made almost seven thousand of. Like, is that really a limited edition watch? I mean, for Speedmaster, I guess. But all right, we're we're running out of time here, so that's going to be another topic for another day. Limited edition uh, watch model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. All right, uh, dude. Good talk. Wait, wait, I have one more last question. And I didn't tell you about this before, but this is like a just, you can't explain it. You just have to answer it. You cannot explain your answer. Okay. What is okay. one very underrated watch currently? Maybe it doesn't matter uh, about value. It doesn't, has nothing to do with value and it can be, yeah, can cost sure anything. Thing. What is an underrated watch? Sure thing. You can't uh, explain I think, it. I think the original um frank mueller's the ones that are like round chronographs very underrated right now okay that's it my answer is the date just turnograph with the red seconds hand and the roulette date wheel and obviously the turning fluted white gold bezel the thought of turning a bezel by grabbing the white gold makes me uneasy but we can talk about that on the next episode yes is it, it's an okay i'm not gonna explain all right talk to you later